Welcome to the official podcast for the Data Initiative. My name is Alyssa Chen, and I'll be your host today. For our very first episode, we will be chatting with Professor Kwong Chan about the Data Initiative. So what is the Data Initiative? Data stands for Digital Analytics, Technology, and Automation, and is an organization aimed at bridging the gap between business and data. While we are hosted by the DeMore McKim's School of Business at Northeastern University, we really emphasize the importance of being a cross-disciplinary organization and welcome students and faculty from all sorts of academic backgrounds to participate in cutting-edge research efforts. So, without further ado, good afternoon, Professor Chan. Why don't you kick us off with a little introduction about yourself and what you teach at Northeastern University? So a pleasure to be here, Alyssa, and thanks for having me on the, on the podcast. Uh, so I've been at uh, Northeastern since about 2013. I'm an academic specialist in the marketing group at DeMond McKim, and I'm currently the executive director of the Data Initiative. It's pretty easy to explain what our mission is. Uh, our mission is to make analytics happen for students, for faculty, and for companies that work with us. So essentially, everybody's interested in analytics, you know, data science, uh, ways to solve problems using more information, and to the degree that students want to get more involved through uh, better coursework, uh, better training, additional opportunities, competitions, and projects, we uh, facilitate that. Uh, this could be providing clients for courses, uh, independent consulting style projects, or deeper style data science collaborations with graduate and undergraduate students from all colleges. For companies that partner with us, often they have interesting problems they wish to solve, and they're always keen to meet our most talented students at Northeastern. So we bring them in um, by saying to them, well, we have great talented students who are really keen to learn, and that's very true of Northeastern students. Even more true, they want to learn in the real world. So it's a win-win. The companies have lots of problems to solve. All companies have more problems to solve than they have resources. And we try to take a bit of that load. Um, hopefully more interesting load that's more analytic-y and data science-y, but we're very mm -hmm. interested in all kinds of, of problems. Uh, lastly, faculty. So faculty are always keen to do very interesting cutting-edge research. And faculty are keen to meet companies and vice versa that are happy to push the boundaries. Uh, maybe the outcome is uncertain, but that's the exciting part for faculty. We try to find interesting data, interesting problems. And so that's the three main, main groups that work together and we cross. So sometimes faculty and students work together on a company problem. Uh, sometimes companies and faculty work together and very often uh, companies work directly uh, with students. So from what I'm hearing, it seems like the organization takes a pretty hands-on approach in terms of the projects that they do. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about some of the previous projects that have been conducted under the data initiative. So it's quite a few. Uh, I'll cover just a, just a few of the more recent ones. Uh, we have launched a new, I want to call it a class, but it's not really a class. It's, it's a research lab. Uh, currently, we structure it as an independent study, but think about it more as a, as a lab. Um, the students in the lab come from all the colleges. Um, at the moment, we have students from computer science, uh, from engineering, from the business school, and from the College of Social Sciences and Humanities, for example, and both graduate and undergraduate. And the kind of problems that we worked on the last time we ran the lab uh, were a very advanced market basket algorithm uh, for one of the largest utility companies in the world. Uh, this is Schneider Electric. So they really had an interesting problem that hadn't been solved before. And data science and machine learning just happened to have, uh, I think, a few algorithms that we could try out. But more important was solving the business problem. So that team had a mix of people from an analytics background and so also some students from uh, the business school. 
and they both help each other advance their technical skills and, and really help the company get a better insight into why people make certain purchases of services. We had another, uh, another project with a very advanced marketing funnel with HubSpot. So how could we uh, provide deeper insight into why customers come to them and what makes them stay longer and what makes them advance to more sophisticated products? This was a really um, relevant problem that was, that was, I think the insights were implemented pretty much immediately by, by the company. So just two recent examples. Um, and there are other, many other examples that we've worked with um, classes for more individual style projects. Uh, we also do projects that are very academic and pure research with faculty for those students that wish to pursue, I think, uh, work that is um, more publishable in an academic setting. I see. That sounds really interesting. Um, I know that you mentioned the analytics lab, and I just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into that. It seems like um, the analytics lab, the teams that are formed, tend to be very interdisciplinary, drawing students from all different sorts of academic backgrounds. Can you talk a little bit about why you decided to do that as opposed to, for instance, just choosing a cohort completely made up of DeMore McKim business students? Great. So I loved, loved your opening, by the way, the intro regarding um, we are housed in DeMore McKim, but our mission is across the campus. And we like to think across Boston and across, um, across the Northeast and across the country. So we start from the beginning in terms of our student body and the problems we solve. We're really concerned about solving problems, real world problems. They could be social, they could be geopolitical, uh, they could be uh, commercial. Um, to that degree, uh, we've always found, and I think companies in the commercial sector have always found, multiple insights help. So when we ask for applications to the lab, uh, we have a, a survey that students fill out. We ask them to describe their backgrounds and their interests. And what we try to do is have a good mix of skills in the room. The lab is not a class, really. It's about trying to solve problems that are difficult and then learning from one another. So to the degree we have very talented coders, that's great. Uh, very talented machine learning people, that's great. Very talented business consulting problem solving people, that's great. And no one's good at all of those three things at any level. So we try to get a mix of perspectives and we try to have co-learning in order to solve problems more effectively. And to this date, I, I think, um, I wish we could have more of our, our lab alumni on, on, on the channel. Uh, I think it's worked very well. Um, teams, when they get stuck, they are very good, I think, at seeking each other's insights and help. And we have an expert in residence that is uh, very good at technical problem solving. And we have uh, several business faculty, such as the distinguished professor Kuhn Powells and uh, associate professor Jakob Bart, that are very experienced working with real world problems and companies as well. So there's a reason why we have um, a focus that spreads across disciplines. And we want to spread this further. We want every college in the lab, um, students from every college. We want every faculty um, from every college in the lab to help out. And we're only going to be constrained by the kinds of problems we see um, out there that want to be solved. With spreading to other colleges, do you have any um, ideas of how you plan on achieving that in the future? Plenty of ideas, uh, not enough time so far to, to pursue <laughs> them. Um, so we do try to, to be student driven largely in this part in terms of if the student applies, we always consider their application. Um, as I said before, every student does a survey and that includes their skill set and aspirational um, skills that they wish to learn. And then when they join the lab, we can see and, and form teams. So I think we can do a better job um, from the data initiative of creating awareness across more colleges. I believe the four colleges I mentioned 
have been most represented in the lab because they tend to get the information about us first. Um, we're very closely linked to the data club. It's a student data club. And um, we probably reflect the main composition of their student body. I recommend people join the data club if they're looking for a place to be exposed to even more analytics and data science opportunities. So I think we can get a better job of getting a message to say Candy, um, maybe Bouvet, to try to, to communicate the fact that they too can join us and help solve problems. Right. I mean, I think especially with uh, those two colleges that you mentioned, Candy and Bouvet, there's a lot that um, they can provide. For instance, Bouvet, especially now with the COVID-19 pandemic, I'm sure there's going to be lots of companies with projects and they might reach out in terms of how do we make our company more adaptive to this new environment. Excellent. And I really appreciate that point because part of the lab is a teach back. Uh, people that join the lab have the opportunity to teach something they feel is a good skill that could be useful. Uh, we had a great teach back on visualization from one of the lab members last time, and we are seeing more and more demand for clear communication of, I think, complicated insights. And visualization is a key tool we have. And so the uh, student lab member that led that insight really helped other members of the lab become better at visualization. We had similar teachbacks from students on machine learning, um, on data handling, and even soft skills such as how to interview and how to respond to different questions. So the lab is kind of an incubator for student talent of all kinds. And I guess the problems that we try to solve, um, academic and, and company industry problems, are really kind of a, a way to do so. You mentioned that the lab uh, had its inaugural cohort this past spring. And so now as it's preparing for its second cohort of students, is there anything you plan on changing this time around? And if so, what do you have in mind? I think one aspect is this time the lab is going to be held virtually. I think uh, most of the classes are going to be held virtually, or many of them at least. We do hope to do a hybrid model, but we are leveraging the, um, the environment, I think, to our favor. Um, so as I said, the lab is selective. Not everybody that applies is accepted, um, but you'd be surprised that, about the diversity of student that we accept. So we've, we have students that join the lab that don't think that they have any chance of getting into the lab because they don't know how to code. Um, or have only looked at coding in, say, high school. That's okay. Um, if you bring a skill that is valuable to a team, we are very interested in, in at least considering you uh, for the lab. So in this current environment, in this current cohort, uh, we're going to have a, a cloud-based uh, notebook, Jupyter Notebook, okay. uh, where we're going to have uh, CoLab, potentially is another resource we're going to use, where the lab members can work in pairs and teams to solve some training exercises. And then after that, we'll transition to real world problems, um, company problems and research problems that are provided by faculty. So we're going to really um, turbocharge, I think, the pace of technical learning, but also the pace of teaching each other non-technical skills. And part of it is getting familiar with all these platforms, right? Zoom, Teams, um, Google Hangouts, Google Meetings. And the students themselves can find which of these tools can work better. I think there'll be some loss of camaraderie. So um, as you know, because you visited the lab, of course, um, we yes. did have food, food every time. Um, yep. Not always health the healthiest, like popcorn and chips, but um, <laughs> it was fun, right? And so we lose the, the, the snacking part. So maybe we'll allow eating in the virtual classroom, no problem, provided people mute their microphones. Uh -huh. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, that's, that's one big change that we're going to pursue. And I think we have a greater capacity to, to deal with complicated data structures from companies and researchers now because we're moving to this cloud service platform. Um, that we're setting up for this laboratory. Right. And so um, you mentioned that 
last spring, um, a lot of the students were teaching their own peers. And I was wondering, as a professor, what's your view on having students teach each other as opposed to the traditional sit in front of a blackboard and um, teach the students? I think the lab works effectively because students are taking classes, other classes. And the other classes that they take give them the raw technical component and the insights in a more pure setting per class. And the lab provides an opportunity to mix those talents and skills and capabilities in a single context. So often you're taking classes and you learn some coding over here and somewhere else you might learn some econometrics or economics and other contexts learn how to uh, do marketing strategy, for example. And if you're not in the MSB, you might be learning how to do uh, great essay writing and political analysis. Right. In the lab, you can bring them all together. Um, and you can say, well, here's a problem the company wants to solve. And often the, the cross-disciplinary perspective is, no, this might not be the right problem to solve. But from the data that they've shared with us and from what they've said, I think it's not problem A that's really the problem. It's, it's maybe problem A.1 or maybe problem D. That's the real okay. challenge here. So that's the real difference. Um, we let the integration and synthesis of existing capabilities and learning come together in, in a very vibrant setting in the lab. And the teachbacks and the co-learning is more about, I don't want to say filling in the gaps, but more about letting people realize no matter who you are, freshman, right, uh, to, to senior or even a graduate student, there's something that you can teach someone else. And it's a very important skill in the real world. Uh, the more you can teach other people, the more people you know, like you, like a popular person at a party. <laughs> and the more you know, the more that you can know. Because the better you are at teaching, often you, the better you are, you can be at learning other skills from other people. So do you think that older students will be receptive to younger students? Because I feel like sometimes in the real world, if somebody younger than you tries to teach you something, the older person might not be as responsive because it's kind of like, what do they know that I don't already know? Yeah, I think that's a societal problem in general, right? Um, it, it happens, I think, for faculty, you know, for people in companies, um, possibly in classrooms as well. I really like our lab a lot because I think we found that um, we've had master's students who are studying data science, for example, in, in the lab, and they've delivered very high-level um, advanced workshops, and, and they had really great material, but they were absorbed equally well by everybody. And I think that was a good learning exercise for revising the, the teach back session. Um, and somewhat of a, of a positive humbling experience that uh, they, they were really good at that and the best in the room at that particular skill, but they weren't able to make a team good at that skill. So I think um, when people realize that if the team gets better at a certain capability or skill, everybody wins. And regardless of age, I think that's the case. As a faculty, I know that I've been humbled in that lab by seeing how other people have presented so well, um, how to lead people through exercises on thinking laterally, you know, how to envisage a presentation information. A lot of things that I didn't know, and I wouldn't know for a long time, if ever, if it weren't for the, uh, the great material shared by, by the students in the lab. So I think it's there, um, but I think we, we turn it into a positive. Okay, all right, well, um... I know you mentioned that you were hoping to get a, a little bit more technical skills into the lab co-learning process, but I was wondering if there are any other skills that you were hoping that some students might um, create presentations on. I think the most, the two most important skills that we can all think about learning, whoever you are, whatever background you happen to come from, um, 
learning the best way that you learn as a person. And okay. I could draw an analogy to say exercising, right? Everybody has a, an idea on how to lose weight or how to get fit. And some people mm -hmm. say, you know, you should lift weights in the gym. Some people say, I'll oh, just take up running, do a marathon. And, and they're all correct. But the more important challenge is work out what works for you, what works for your body, what works for your brain. So okay. I have a friend that runs marathons and is always recommending other people to run marathons. Um, and, you know, I'm really bad at running no matter what I do. <laughs> Even when I've been relatively fit as a human, I'm really still really bad at running. Right. When I run, I feel like I'm going backwards. That's, my body's just not made up for it. Um, okay. so, but you find your own way to exercise, right? And so in the lab and in, in a college setting, when people can try many different ways to teach each other and, many, and expose to many different ways of learning, they are more likely to discover how they learn best. Um, and one analogy that I've often um, heard of, and it's worked for me, if you're learning a foreign language, what's the easiest way to learn a foreign language? Well, you find something you like to do, and then you do it in that language. Um, there's a story of a, a, a gentleman who went to Japan and was struggling learning to learn Japanese previously, but he loves Aikido. And so okay. he just took Aikido classes in Japan and his okay. vocabulary shot through the roof, right? So in the same way, I think when people are in the lab, and in college, it's great. Just you know, try to learn how you learn. Then when you finish college, you're forever able to learn more effectively for the rest of your life. Um, so that's probably the most important, important skill. The, the second one is how to define a problem well, because once we graduate, people give us things to do, um, but we also need the ability to determine, are they the right things to do? Is this the right problem to solve? Could I reframe it differently? Could we solve it with less resources, right? Less data, um, different, the different team skill set. That's the other, I think, aspect I'd love to be able to build myself and also amongst the students, um, problem solving. So just because a client thinks that's the problem doesn't mean it's the problem and, and be comfortable asking questions um, that help you dig deeper into the real issue. Okay. That's a great response. And throwing back to what you said about running, I myself am also very bad at running. So I'm, I'm with you there. I tell you, I got so obsessed with this at one point. I was reading all these books about um, training and analysis, and I finally found one, and the name escapes me now. But um, basically, and this is a story to all you people out there that, that think you have trouble exercising and learning. Um, the, the author was a quite a reasonably accomplished, uh, I think it was a cross-country runner in, in college. And what they observed were when they came back after summer, the talented runners hardly lost any fitness but he himself, the author did. But when they started doing the same training, the talented runners didn't gain a lot of capability easily, but he as a middling talent runner increased his speed dramatically. Okay. And so he explores this amongst different talents, you know, baseball, basketball, or, and you know, running all these kinds of contexts. And so um, if you think you're not good at something, um, it doesn't mean that you don't respond to some kind of exploration, experimentation and training. Um, to get better at it. And so I think, again, that's why I really love the lab. I, I think it's um, the best context that we found as the data initiative to take advantage of these um, self-calibration and learning um, skill sets. Right. I wonder with the, going back to the running analogy, if um, the super skilled runners, they're maybe at, operating at like 95 out of 100% capacity and increasing to 100%, that extra 5% is a little bit more difficult as opposed to somebody who's operating at like, let's say, 70%, it's easier for them to increase 25% and get to that 
You know, so that's from what I recall, that's exactly what the author tapped into. Um, pe different people's makeup uh, respond differently to stress, right? We call it stress when we exercise and you stress the system in a, in a good way and stress mm -hmm. when we learn. So yeah, I, think, I think that is the, uh, largely the explanation that they are operating in a different capacity just naturally and it's just hard to increase that uh, capacity. I mean, imagine being seven foot. Vertical jumps are different. Training for those people are different for someone who's like six foot, you know, five foot ten. There's right. a similar kind of, I think, constraint there. So kind of jumping back into the data initiative, um, I think recently we've seen a rise in experiential learning opportunities kind of centered around data analytics because there is this recent obsession with how do we take this data and use it for our own benefit. So what do you think makes the data initiative different from those other organizations? I think we have a lot of opportunities um, at Northeastern to explore our data analytics, uh, data science and analytics, you know, business analytics. There are other organizations um, that are good at this. And I think in many aspects better than us at what we do, but rather than being better or worse, what our goal at least at the data initiative is to make all these other organizations, um, whether they're faculty led or student led um, or otherwise, more effective at what they do by providing something that complements what they do or what they need. So there is a, I think it's the hub of analytics in, in the computer science college. That's also a student led um, uh, organization with the mission of getting better at data science. And so okay. they're good at learning how to do data science. And we, to the degree that we can provide say a company to work with them, we're happy to do so. Or they're welcome to come to the lab and participate in the lab. Um, both work equally well for us. As long as we're helping analytics happen for students, faculty and companies, we're okay with that. So if you're a student in a different college and you don't have credits to spare for the analytics lab at the Data Initiative, that's fine, still contact us. Um, you have a chance to be considered for a research assistantship if you have skill sets or motivation. Um, I can tell you now, a lot of faculty are always looking for students that are great at literature reviews and reviewing academic articles which is a great way to build a perspective of problem solving and problem formulation. If you're you know, keen on going to grad school or doing a grad degree, that's a great skill to have. And if you're seeking say a grant or funding to run something in the world of data science, analytics, problem solving, that's also, you know, we're also a great resource to tap into. And I encourage you to contact us. Uh, do you want to quickly just plug your email? Oh yes, so the best email is contact at datanu.org contact at datanu.org. Okay, all right. Um, so shifting gears a little bit, um, if we look at the analytics lab, uh, is there a common characteristic that you've continually seen in students who seem to have benefited the most from participating? I think uh, that's, that's a really interesting question. I do see differences in trajectories um, in learning in general. I'd include it in the lab, but also, of course, I teach graduate and um, undergraduate classes from our master's programs to our undergraduate. Something in common, and I do see this, this more quickly in the lab in terms of the cycle, but the more capable someone is, uh, the more keen they are to show that they're capable with that skill. And actually that benefits any learning environment where there is sharing of skills because everybody else sees that they're good at it. So you can either work with them because they're good at that skill um, or you can learn from them um, if they can teach you that skill. And 
it sometimes takes time for the really skilled people to realize that we don't need to demonstrate our own very advanced skills. We need to integrate those skills as part of another skill, another capability. And that requires collaboration, that requires teaching other people maybe the skill that you're very good at. And so there's a certain cycle. People that come in with a very strong skill set um, take some time, I think, to adapt it to not just executing that pre-existing skill set, but integrating and meshing that with other people's skill sets. And that often involves teaching it back. People that come in that thinking they don't know anything, which is never true, by the way, we've never found that to be the case, often find pretty quickly that they have perspectives and skills that other people don't. And for the team to function effectively, the more that they can, again, mesh and teach those skills to other people, um, the quicker the team can solve problems. Instead of going through, say, a list of five things in five weeks, they can do it in, say, three weeks because everyone's collaborating now. So I think that's a natural cycle that we see. Yeah, it seems like the data initiative really emphasizes team building. Um, you know what, I never thought about that <laughs> from that perspective, but yeah, now that you say it, I think that is one of the major ways that we've uh, benefited um, from the structure of the lab is naturally allowed people to uh, collaborate um, in, in that fashion. So would you say that um, recently, given the rise in um, this what I like to call the obsession with data analytics. Do you think that the table of opportunities is almost getting too full or do you think there's always room for more like placemats for other organizations and other people to be getting involved? I think the pie is growing far faster than any particular organization. So the market share is, um, is huge. Uh, so there's always room for more. And in fact, one, one service, if you like, that we provide is try to sort of collate and direct people to the right resources that already exist. Um, it's great if anybody wants to start an organization, whether it's, you know, student industry, faculty-led, et cetera. Uh, the main benefit that I think we can provide, one of the main benefits is we can point people into, those, into that direction. So I would say to people, if you're interested in starting a new organizational resource, maybe try to see if it's already out there and if you can join them or collaborate with them. Um, because if we work together, we're more able to achieve, I think, a, a more effective outcome out there. Um, the world of analytics and data science is growing so fast, as we all know, because of the new data coming out, the data streams we have, um, that we don't really have a way to deal with this massive fire hose of information. And there's no, at this point at least, a limit to what we can do if we you know, start new, new initiatives. Right. And um, you've mentioned quite a few times now that you guys almost serve as, I guess, like a middleman to direct students and other faculty to other organizations of interest. Are there any um, particular organizations that you haven't worked with in the past that you're looking to hopefully work with in the future? Uh, off campus, there's lots. <laughs> so um, we are, I mean, another side of our mission is Northeastern is known for many things and we'd like to further increase the identity of Northeast as a destination for analytics. So when people, when companies have a need to skill up or to solve a problem, we like Northeastern to be first on, on the list. But first right. in, the, in the email contact list, first to search on Google, first to call, first to, you know, all, everything there. So we are looking to collaborate more with organizations that not, don't traditionally see themselves as data science and analytic, analytics and identity, but mm -hmm. really are, or really could be. So everybody has heard of the Facebooks and the Amazons and the Googles, right? right. Um, we're equally interested in working with the companies that 
would traditionally be seen as um, you know, in construction, um, in design, um, in the service industry, in logistics and transportation, any of those organizations, because we really want to help transfer knowledge and build knowledge at the same time. Yes, we can assist any company to, um, I think, enhance their practices in business analytics, data science, et cetera, and across disciplines. Um, but we want to learn from them as well, because we are finding with more companies we talk to, the more we talk to, the more they have common themes and common needs. And so instead of solving you know, company problems one by one by one, uh, we can probably get several in the same virtual or actual room and solve them together. And that's something we want to do by working with other organizations that we haven't hit on before. Um, and maybe even fundraising through uh, national grants, um, the NSF, these are directions we like to take um, the data initiative. Do you see a trend in how they're benefiting from being part of the data initiative? Like what do they take away? Consistently, the organizations that have come to us are really impressed with the student talent. Um, the professionalism of Northeastern students is, is legendary. And I think we have only reinforced that uh, with the direct contact our students have with the company. So the teams in the lab that work with companies manage the process themselves. Once we've kicked off, um, they have a direct point of contact with the person in the company and the project is managed um, thus. Faculty there all the time if needed, but mm -hmm. we really try to enrich the experience by um, having the students uh, collaborate actively with the company directly. So they really benefit from that. The companies always tell us, uh, they always want to know who the best people are. Um, and they're very keen to, to hire the Northeastern students in general, but when they get to visit us in classrooms, in the lab, right, on campus, or our students go on, on site, they'll get 10 students and they're all good, but they'll say, you know, these two over here, these two students, you know, we, we think we might invite them in for a co-op or to, to hire them when they graduate. And they would rather think that um, one year, two years, three years before the student graduates, than wait until they graduate and then it's a free-for-all marketplace. Right. Um, so that's really a great benefit we've seen. Okay, and uh, my final question to you is kind of just a little bit reflective. Um, what have you liked the most about your time working with the data initiative? What I've really loved the most, I think given the, the freshness of the field, many people have come to Northeastern very interested and curious about data science and analytics, but also hesitant sometimes to explore the area. And by meeting these students, by working with them, it's really encouraging and rewarding to see them I won't say change their degrees or change the concentration necessarily, but realize that they can do it. They like doing it. And then they find that there are classes, there are competitions, there are student clubs, there are company projects that they can start doing it straight away. And they often f end up thinking, well, I came to Northeastern thinking I could only do one or two of these specialities, but I might add analytics to it. I might add data science to it. And I think we can claim some, some credit, I think, for exposing students mm -hmm. to enough context that they can make that choice. Yeah, I think that, like you were saying, a lot of people come in um, to college, not only just at Northeastern University, thinking that their interests are mutually exclusive, but in reality, you can certainly find really any field to blend all your interests together. Yes, definitely. And to the degree that we can find, I think, uh, maybe mentors, people that have been through the process a little bit at Northeastern, that they, they arrived in day one and now it's like day 300 and they've got some advice for other students as to how to pursue a data science or analytics direction. I think we can probably find a way for that to happen. 
Well, that sounds great. And I'm super excited to be part of this organization and see where it goes from here. Thank you for joining us today. Glad to hear it. And thanks again, Alyssa. To everyone listening at home, we'd love to hear from you. Um, our aim is to make this podcast as interactive for our listeners as possible. So please feel free to send us your feedback or any topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes at the email that Professor Kwong um, mentioned earlier, contact at datanu.org. That's contact at datanu.org. Also, if you or anyone you know is interested in joining us for an interview on one of these episodes, please reach out as well. Um, we'd love to hear from people who are equally as passionate about integrating data analytics into their personal and professional lives. See you guys next time.